Okay, okay. Can I ask you something? Sure. What is your favorite meal? Oh, I love waffles with peanut butter. That's your favorite? All five meals, yes. <laughs> Come on. No. Oh, it's so good. With I'm not talking about the staples. No, they're good. No, I, I love What's yours? Yeah. Too. Let's spin this back. What's your favorite meal, Nicole? Yeah. Thanks and I just asking, shook my I'm head really like this. I'm excited to share with you yeah. that it's probably going to be tacos. Oh, tacos are good. You're right. See, I was just wondering if you're expanding. Oh. Like, the, I wanted you to expand. Like, if you could choose anything. Oh, my goodness. That's you're why right. I was like, wait, I only eat, see. But... That's all I ever see, though. <laughs> okay. So, we'll figure out what we're going to eat after we talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Oh, mm. Good segue, <laughs> which I'm not going to go into fasting right now because you just talked about food. So that needs to be led by the Lord. He's not leading <laughs> me to do that. Yeah. So we're going to dig into prayer and fasting. We're going to talk about how important the spiritual discipline can be in our walk with the Lord and how um, the Bible describes what fasting could look like as a way of drawing near to the Lord um, and also how in our own lives we've had spiritual fasting um, be one of the tools in our toolbox of drawing near to the Lord and hearing his voice more clearly as well as building discipline on our spiritual journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's a discipline for sure because I don't know many people who just don't like food. And if that's a fast that that's just a type of fast oh, we yeah. can talk about that later so what we're going to dig into is it like you're making way to is some of the reasonings to fast but what is a fast actually too right mm. so we i guess my assumption is people might know what fasting is we've heard of intermittent fasting in our public eye and you know you see people fast for physical health but mm. we're talking about mm. again the spiritual discipline of fasting and so these fasts are going to include just a very brief description of what it means to fast and it is always going to be in these contexts the denial of food to some extent or a food group mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, yeah again like you said unless you're led to do it unless you are trying to do it for a spiritual reason it's really difficult to sustain for most people a, a spiritual fast but if you are wanting to pursue the Lord, it's so beautiful because you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit helping you in that spiritual space of fasting, right? Yeah. No, yeah. So the, yeah. So the physical piece of strange. fasting we're talking about is uh, the leaving of certain food groups out of our diet um, and only including certain things, limited things. There's different kinds of fasts we can get into a little bit more later. But just to lay down the context of like, what are we talking about with fast? The social mm -hmm. media fast? We're talking about like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whatever fasting yeah. from technology. Yeah, no, MJ, you, you said it. I think most commonly, um, the type of fast that people like that people who are looking to develop that relationship or, or seeking the Lord are going to go without food. Um, that was most common in in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament for people to go without food. And they did that um, as a practice. It was a practice for them to, to help their own prayers. You know, we've talked a lot about like praying and how sometimes you just, like there's things you can't say for some reason, you want to say them, but you can't. There's stuff going on in your heart. 
Um, it's hard to get the words out, but in fasting, it helps. It helps your pray. It, it helps you to um, align your heart with God's, and for other spiritual reasons, which we will get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, yeah. 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 Do you want to say something? No, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think right. So after after we talk about this, our hopes um, are that you will one know about what fasting can do for you spiritually in praying. And two, know what the Bible says about it so you feel competent in what is biblically spoken about the context of fasting. And then the most important piece is what is the Lord's heart for us in that journey of fasting? And why is it important for us to hear why Jesus would have us fast or why he would not? Um, So we'll give some examples of what made Jesus uh, indignant is the word, which is like mm-hmm. frustrated when people would fast, the Pharisees specifically, um, and what is the better of the two, right? So like the Pharisees fasted for a certain reason, and Jesus calls us to fast. The Lord calls us to fast for a different reason. Yeah, and given that Jesus is the Son of God, mm-hmm. he's close to the Father's heart, they're going to be in alignment with fasting and how they see people fasting so isaiah chapter 58 um verses three through seven it's a little bit of a longer scripture um but it kind of gives some context into what we're talking about here so it starts off why have we fasted they say and you have not seen it now these are the israelites fasting they're talking to the lord like and the Lord is, is, is going to respond soon. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? And this is the Lord's chosen fasting here. To, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And um, so that's it. That's what the Lord sees when sometimes we fast for the wrong reasons, which we can get into. But also there's a fasting that can happen that's beautiful, and it's it's breaking oppression. It's for a certain people group, and... I'm just going to share specifically one person um, in the Bible who fasted behalf on of her people. Yeah, that is such a good transition to end part of where it says, you want to read that last sentence that you were reading about flesh and blood? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Yes. So this is the piece in Esther that we will read just a very brief piece of the scripture. But Esther is a short book. So if you have some time, I would just, I would say read it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really a rich book. 
in the Bible. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful. So Esther was an orphan. She was orphaned and she was taken care of by her uncle and she was of Jewish descent. She was chosen after being um, beautified and well-groomed <laughs> and taken care of by uh, the king to be married to the king at this time. And there was an adversary who was against the Jewish people. And so Esther was in the kingdom as queen during a time where this adversary really wanted to, like, kill off the Jews and, and get rid of them. And Esther got wind of this through her uncle, who was the one who was her primary caregiver. And she was frightened, honestly. Like, she didn't know what to do because the king didn't know she was of Jewish descent, right? Yeah. Um, and you can see when you read this how the Lord strategically placed her, right? These are mm -hmm. strategically placed characters in this real storyline, right? Mm -hmm. So that way they can do the Lord's work. And what she did is instead of falling to her fear of, you know, either being killed because she may not have shared this or maybe not approach the king at an appropriate time because there are so many rules of how to approach the king, even though she was one of his wives, of how to approach him, she could have been harmed. Killed. Very likely is what the, the word really shows is it's like more likely than not. If she approached him at the inappropriate time, she would have had, there would have been consequences. Um, but instead of falling to fear, what she said here is she, and we'll put this in the comments to her in Esther 4, 15. Um, Esther sent this reply to her uncle. I can't say his name, so I'm just going to say her uncle. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Sasa, the fast and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And you can see she did have fear, right? Like she was afraid. Like, oh, this could go a different way. But you know what? I'm going to do these things, which is fasting. And you can assume she was praying during this time too. Um, and bring in the people to fast and pray with me. And this is a way that they humbled their hearts. And she trusted in this being one way that they could petition to their Lord before she would go and petition to the king for him to have a heart to hear her, right? An open mm -hmm. ear as well, but a heart to receive that and to hear her and to act on behalf of her and her people. And long story short, he does. Mm -hmm. And she saves the Jewish people. And out of that, you know, there's a lot of good good celebration that happens. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. Um and that is huge, right? That's that's not a situation we might normally find ourselves in to pray on behalf of our people, but it is definitely a step to take if you ever find yourself in that position. Um but there is praying um for people, especially when sometimes there's people who are going through like really hard times. Right. And it's friends and family. And they might not be like in a place where they're about to lose their life. Yeah. However, you pray when if something comes up and you're like, I just really they're suffering or like yep. they're suffering. Right. They're dealing with something. And you just really like you 
you feel that deep sorrow and compassion for your friend or your your family member and you're like you need to fast i want to i want to stand in the gap yeah i want i want to humble my heart before you lord and i want to grieve for them yeah 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 exactly and that that's a picture of what esther did right we don't have that large scale right but we do have our our scales mm-hmm. of people we do that for so and then there's also spiritual reasons that we fast and do you have an um example of that MJ? yeah so we we think about so esther right she petitioned and she stood in the gap for a people greater purpose than herself um which is just a good point to take away is we fast and we pray and it may very well not just be for us. And the biblical characters you can see their fasting was for a greater people. Mm-hmm. And so we move over to spiritual revelation. We look at Daniel, who I always I always look at Daniel because he has two different fasts, a 10-day fast and a 21-day fast. And both of them were a spiritual discipline that he was trying to prove to the people that he was around, who the Lord had um, positioned him around. <clears throat> to be able to stand healthy and well-bodied in mind, doing things in a not typical way. So he fasted and he gave up special food groups. He did um, a fast for 21 days because the Lord had given him a dream, but he did not know what to do with this dream. He was like, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. My mind is like this much wisdom. And so for me, it's just uh, freaking me out. Right. And so what he did is he fasted because he, he knew, he humbled himself and he said, I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to do with this. And so he petitioned for revelation. And so for those 21 days, he was praying and fasting. And then you see that he was answered. He was given revelation about this amazing dream that he had, was, was given. And so through his fasting, he wasn't fasting just for him to know why, though. He was fasting to be... Um, able to share the wisdom the Lord had given him, right? So he had these dreams, and we get to read about them and the revelation because of Daniel's fast. So Daniel spent this time, and he was fasting. He was in pursuit of wanting to know what the Lord's divine plan was because the things he had been given revelation to were not of anything that he could understand. And so he went on that 21-day fast, and he was answered. He was approached, and later in Daniel, so we're in Daniel 10, you'll see that um, the an angel, right, mm-hmm. came and told him, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. And so that is such a beautiful and powerful way that we um, – we can feel that the Lord's heart is positioned to respond to us. And as we humble our hearts and as we seek his wisdom, it also enables us, and I can speak from personal experience, to die from our flesh. So to not like, so in, put it in a different terms, is to not be so much of like our worldly selves and receive that space where the Holy Spirit can then give us true revelation from God. Um, and so this revelation is ultimately talking about you know the end of times and how it would occur but it was such a powerful message that had daniel not fasted for that interpretation right at this time who knows what we'd be reading about god knows the divine timing from the end you know from the beginning to the end but this is just one of those things where daniel 
out of faith, fasted because he could acknowledge that this was bigger than him. He didn't have any ability to understand or interpret what God was showing him. And so he was answered. He was given revelation. He was we were able to read about it today. And out of his example in our own personal lives, we could probably attest to there are things that we may have revelation to or feel led to either in prayer or, you know, however the Lord shows you that you're like, okay, this is, this is great, but now what? And you may not know what that means. And for myself, there was a time when the Lord put ministry on my heart. And at this time I was like, um, no way, Jose. Like, <laughs> Lord, I do not know what this means. And I tell you, the Lord made it very clear to me because if you are stubborn and you don't want to receive it, but you also pray at the same time, Lord, your will be done, but you're stubborn at the same time. The Lord knows that your heart is to be obedient, but maybe you're just not quite strong enough in that time to just receive it because you're like, um, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. No one's going to want to hear about, you know, the, the mighty sovereign Lord out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. The Lord took me to a place where he made it very clear that he was irritated with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, so I literally remember one day I was at work and everybody, like I could just feel this presence of like, like the Lord was irritated. And I don't know how to describe it. Just that like almost everything seemed to be going wrong around me mm-hmm. people were, I just felt the like frustration of like everything mm-hmm. so on my lunch I went out and I got into the word and I prayed and I just remember continuing to see like give the ministry that I've given you and there and so I I finally was like out loud I'm by myself in my car like okay Lord I receive it oh whatever you want to do to lead me towards ministry however that may look because it might not be on the, the stage right it could be a different way um, which I had no desire to do that. I was like, I don't want to be like that. I can't do that. Um, but the Lord made it clear, like, okay, thank you. You're falling in alignment with my will. So over the course of, and this is a while ago, so it's probably like seven years now, I would say, the Lord gave me, um, for my own relationship with him, visions and dreams that were so rich and graphic. And again, just like Daniel, was like, I was like, oh, what do I do with this, Lord? I have no idea. So I would fast and I would pray and he would be faithful and give me revelation through encouragement from people where they would speak exactly the thing I would need them to hear and affirm things and also through his word and revelation and signs and wonders and things that I didn't ask for um, because I just I really just wanted to have clarity because for me, this was a really big step out of my comfort Mm -hmm. zone. No one in my family ever did anything like this. I wasn't raised with it. Um, and so God was really making it clear that he wanted to use me. He was going to allow me to be used by him to speak about his goodness. And so all I needed to do was partner with him and fall in alignment with having my heart agree to that. And through the dreams and the visions and just reading scripture, of course, because that's the most important thing and praying in these spaces where we don't know what we're supposed to do. Um, he revealed to me that, yeah. I would be speaking about the goodness of who he is in some form of ministry. And it came to pass in different ways. And it, I actually am just like, if I wouldn't have taken that time to fast and to sit with him, I probably would have tried to do things in my own might. I tried, I would have tried to like, okay, well, I think God said this, so I'm going to go put myself out there and then failed and fall, you know, fall over on my face. And be like, this is definitely not what God taught me. But instead I, I tried to fast and pray so I could hear his leading follow the the pace of what that looked like because that pace wasn't like day one you're going into ministry in my heart and then day two you're going to be leading a church because that was not attractive to me at all 
but what he what did happen was day one I accepted it and then through the years he said he has shown me that things like small groups are actually rewarding for me to help to help lead one-on-one is is leading me in ministry for him and that I don't need to fit into the box of what I perceived ministry to be and could fall in alignment with what the Lord called ministry to be which is sharing his goodness the truth of the gospel in a very unique way and I could see that it was his ultimate leading and his nurturing through those revelations through fasting and praying and not my own fleshly leading that kept me in alignment with his will Mm. I love that. I love that you can have revelation um, and be able to interpret it because you have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, yeah. Like that's all the Holy Spirit within you doing its good work and you're like willing to, to listen and, and to partake in, in that journey that God has for you. Mm-hmm. And just like being, you know, your friend for a little while now, it's been beautiful to see some of that growth and see what, how God has used you in such amazing ways. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm excited to see what he still has in store for you. Yes, me too. And I wanted to say this too, because this is part of the humbling part. Why fasting is imperative to our heart's humbleness, the humility we feel, is again, if I would have had that initial revelation of ministry, my flesh would have tried to do it in its own strength and understanding, which is so limited. But the Lord showed me through his spirit that going into ministry means you are serving. And your heart and your alignment of your heart is 100% servantry heart posture, which I think I may have said in the beginning, like, yes. But he allows you to feel it and not just feel it, but like long and love to be a servant leader. And that's because Jesus came here and he served. That's what he did. And so oftentimes if we are not in that place of being led by the spirit we're in that place of being led by the world and a leader in this world may not be so apt to want to serve but a leader in the kingdom your priority is serving and so that was just one of those transformations and revelations of fasting that he helped me acknowledge accept and then love to do because he changed my understanding of what it meant to be ministry but that wouldn't have come just in the natural at all it took the upside down <laughs> application of like what it actually is to be a leader. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And so let's look at what Jesus does say, because he also talks about um, fasting. And um, we we look at Jesus, we look at how he was with his disciples um, and then there's also like we talked about in the last episode the super religious holy people they're called the Pharisees they also fasted so what's the difference right what's the difference they're both I mean they're both believing in the Lord Um, Jesus' disciples however didn't fast when they were with him the super religious holy people who were waiting for God to come yet they didn't recognize that God was right in front of their faces. It was Jesus, always fasted. Um, so they came up to Jesus one day, and in Mark 6, 16 through 18, they approached Jesus, and um, they're basically saying, they're asking him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? 
As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. And we know that um, Jesus is talking about himself. He's the, the groom. The bride is the church. He's with them, so they're not going to fast with them. Um, but he does end up leaving them, and he's still gone. He died and he rose again um, about 2,000 years ago. And on that day, that's, that was a day of mourning. But when he rose, he gave us the Holy Spirit, which we now have. Um, and MJ was talking about in terms of having revelation and um, being able to be led by the Spirit and not, not our own desires, which is really hard sometimes. But when you fast, it, it kind of helps make that pathway straight. And so um, those are some of the questions that the, the, the Pharisees had for Jesus. And Jesus was basically saying, it's not like they're never going to fast. They're just with me right now. So mm -hmm. they're not going to fast. Um, and then when you've decided um, to fast, it's in Luke 18, um, 9 through 14. It's the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Obviously, people don't like tax collectors. But, um, uh, you know, they take your money. But this is this is I that story. <laughs> okay, so here's the story. Um, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And it's kind of like what you were talking about before. Like, what's when you're fasting, you don't, you do it because you want to be humbled. You want to be able to know how mm -hmm. to serve. It, it's a very personal thing. It is. It is a personal thing, Nicole. And it's one of those things that we need to also remember is the Lord is never far from us. And I always say that. I, I only say that. Um, so that way you don't think you need to fast in order to be close to the Lord. Um, do not do not mistake that for mm -hmm. the reason to fast. Yeah. But you are able to feel the intimacy and closeness in your relationship with the Lord on your end of it more so when you're fasting because you are pruning and plucking the things of this world, food and distractions. Because often when you are praying and fasting, you see innately all those other things should fall away and you should kind of make it a priority to, uh, to focus in prayer because that's going to sustain you in a fast more so. Um, but that's when your heart turns to the Lord more. You have that humility, that humbleness in your heart because you are depriving your flesh, your, your body of, of food because you, you want to hear the Lord. You want to draw near to him um, because we know he's already there. 
it's usually our our devices that separate us. It's our busyness. It's our clutter. It's our inability to surrender. But when you are fasting, it's that recognition of I'm taking this space because I long and need to hear my Savior. And sometimes it's just to do it because you feel like maybe you're away from him. So you just feel like you're in a spiritual drought. That's a really good way to draw near to him. Um, or yeah. sometimes you have a decision you need to make. Or sometimes, you know, whatever it is, right? But it is so, it's so important that it doesn't become one of those just like, I'm going to do it two times a week just to do it. I don't care the outcome. Mm-hmm. It's okay to schedule it if you feel like that's how you work. And you're like, I wanna, I'm going to fast every Monday and Wednesday, and I'm going to be intentional in my heart to pursue the Lord, right? Because it's your heart's intention. Now, if you're doing it off a checklist just to do it without your heart being convicted of pursuing the Lord, that's different because it's the heart. How awesome would it have been to have the physical, and we do, we still have the Holy Spirit, I mean, which is great, awesome, greater than anything, but like, I think people f- want that physical Jesus next to them to mm-hmm. feel that intimacy. Yeah. But fasting provides that space where, yeah, you might not be able to see Jesus, but it brings that closeness as though he is really right in the physical with you, mm-hmm. even though your eyes yeah. can't see it. Yeah, yeah, it does. <coughs> Um, you've mentioned too, like surrendering and, and when we do go into a fast, um, what is it, you know, about surrendering your outcomes in a fast? Oh my gosh. Can you so, talk about that? A um, bit? yeah. So let's talk about baby me really quickly. <laughs> baby me and my you. faith. So I, I was led to fast, um, pretty early in my walk, um, probably because there's a lot of things that I needed to realign my <laughs> understanding to. And so the Lord was like, we got to humble you, child, baby toddler girl, like, let's get you humble. And so, and I, it's a daily, right? We daily have to work on allowing our heart to stay in a posture of humility. It's not like a one and done, mm-hmm. but, uh, I would fast and be like, okay, so, and almost bargaining, honestly, like I'm going to fast Lord. And, and I didn't realize it, so it's embarrassing now looking at it. But, like, I would be, I would fast for something that was so service level. And, um, like, even, I don't know, like a job or thing or something with work or, or something like, okay, I fast, Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. You're going to answer this prayer, right? And, like, I could just have this inner dialogue. And so very quickly I realized I was led to fast for a very different reason. And those different reasons were um, you weren't right in that situation and you need to humble yourself or something like that. <laughs> yeah. be like, yeah, I'm food deprived and <laughs> now my heart has to be humble and I got to apologize, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it was so it was like a, an eye opening experience. And did I fast again after that? Yeah, I did. Even though it's like, OK, what am I going to get humbled with this time, Lord? But it was it was important for for myself to realize, like, I'm not fasting just to receive something. Right, like, like my fast needs to be surrendered to know, like I'm fasting, and yeah, I might go into it with, with praying over something or scenario, but I really need to be open to what the Holy Spirit's going to show me because it could be very different. I could be led to fast, and it could be a very different reason than what I perceive. And if I'm surrendered, I'm going to receive the richness of that revelation, and out of that fast, I can look back and be like, that right there was the moment I experienced breakthrough. Not for the reasons I thought, but for the reasons I needed. And so, like, mm-hmm. in my own life, yeah. those are the fasts I got the most out of. The most spiritually full fast was when I was like, I have no idea what's going to come out of this. I have these scriptures I'm going to meditate on, and this is something that's heavy on my heart. But on the outside of that, like, after it was done, I could see the Lord do so many other things to me, being more fine-tuned in his leading. 
Yeah. So we we know a time when David in in the scripture. And we'll go really quickly through this because yeah. I don't we don't have that much time. But David fasted because he was going to have his son be taken. Right. The Lord, as a consequence of one of David's actions, his son was going to be taken, like killed. And David fasted and mourned and prayed to change the Lord's mind um, for seven days. For seven days, no food. Um, and ultimately, because there wasn't a consequence to the action, he, the the kid died. Mm-hmm. And then David immediately stopped fasting. Mm-hmm. And people were like, why are you not fasting now? And his whole reasoning was, I, if there was time for me to you know, repent and turn to the Lord and try to persuade him, that's why I fasted, um, to try to allow the Lord, you know, to maybe change his mind. And it, yeah, gracious to him. Yeah, to be gracious to him. And it didn't happen, no. right? It didn't, it didn't happen. happen. The Lord had already established something that was going to happen, but it didn't mean he didn't try. Yeah. And even though it didn't come out the way he wanted to, he still knew the Lord was good. Yeah, not only good, but he then was comforted. I got to just add on to like that scripture. He was um, comforted after he fasted, and then he had another baby. Mm-hmm. He had a son named Solomon. The wisest Solomon the was the wisest man in the world. He was also the one who built the temple for the Lord. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing how God came, like, and yes. still bless, you know, in an unexpected way. Yeah. And um, if you only got insight to that one chapter, though, or that one little slice of life, and you're like, wow, that's awful. But you see the whole story, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. there's still so much goodness that God brought out of that situation. So much. Yeah. And that's that's so good. So that's um, that's really just a glimpse, I think, of, of what fasting looks like. But ultimately, we we know that um, there's so many different things to fast for, but we are trying to make room for God because we live in a, a busy world and we have to kind of like silence the stuff that we go through sometimes. And, and fasting is a really good way to, to quiet everything down. Um, so with that, uh, we are going to lead you leave you on your way with some prayer. And can you lead us out in prayer, MJ? Yes. Lord, thank you so much that you have allowed us this time, Lord. Lord, we pray over our brother or sister today that you may enable their heart to receive the message that you would have them. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will lead them down um, this path of creating um, space for you through fasting. I pray that you would just lead them as to how they should go about it and that it would be their heart that they would really understand that it could be driven in this fast, Lord. Let this fast um, provide space for you so you can reveal to them things that they they may not understand, that you would bring them close to you and let them feel your goodness, Lord. Lord, we are grateful that we have your word that we can seek for guidance. And I pray that you would help them to navigate through your word so they may know what is best for their life in this season and that they would continue to pursue you in, in prayer and spiritual disciplines, Lord, that allow your presence to be felt and known more and more on this journey. We love you, Lord. You are so good. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen.